You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Romans chapter 10. We're going to read this in just a second. Today we're going to get into part three of our sermon series, The Voice, Understanding the Most Important Voice in Your Life. Well, I heard a story, I don't know whether this is true or not, that the former president of the United States, George W. Bush, was in an airport one day and he saw an older man dressed in biblical attire with a long white beard and to himself he says, I, that just looks like Moses. That just looks like Moses. So he went up to him, and the former president said, uh, uh, excuse me, sir, it, it, would you happen to be Moses? And Mo, it was Moses. Looked at him and turned away, didn't respond. He said, sir, sir, no, you look just like Moses. Are you Moses? And he looked at him, and finally a third time he says, yes, I am Moses, but I'm not talking to you. And George W. says, well, why, you don't want to talk? why don't you want to talk to me? Moses says, the last time I talked to a bush, I got 40 years in the wilderness, huh? (laughs) Just a thought, okay? Now, I tell you that story because God does speak to us. Moses heard the voice of God through the burning bush that was burning but yet not consumed, right? And uh, today we're going to be talking about the voice of God. Of God, and I do believe God is going to be speaking to you, even through this particular message. Romans ten seventeen says, "So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ." This passage is so simple, but yet it correlates the importance of hearing the voice of God, getting into the Word of God, and taking our faith to another level. And so so faith comes by what? Comes from hearing, and hearing how? Through the word of Christ. So you notice seeing the correlation there between our faith going to another level, hearing from God, and the importance of God's word. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to be right here in your presence. We ask, Holy Spirit, for you to continue to minister as you so are so effectively doing even right now. Speak to us even right now. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of getting into your word. May your, this teaching be anointed by your spirit. Amen. You may be seated. The voice of God. As we get into part three, I've entitled this portion, this message, Turn Up the Volume. Now, as we look, at the, look through the Bible, we see that God spoke to not only Moses, as we just mentioned, Not only did he speak to Moses there in the burning bush, because it was there at the burning bush that God told Moses that he was going to lead his people out of Egypt into the promised land. God spoke to Adam in the cool of the day. Scripture says that God spoke to Noah to build an ark. Scripture says that God spoke to Abraham to tell him he needed to walk away from his idol-worshiping family and to create this new legacy called the Israelite nation. God spoke to Daniel. And then Daniel was able to interpret dreams. God spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. In the New Testament, we read that through an angel, God spoke to both Mary and Joseph about the birth of Jesus. 
God spoke to Paul on the road to Damascus, and literally Paul fell to the ground. Time and time again, character after character, person after person, we read in Scripture that God speaks to his people. And I believe, and I pray that you agree with me, that God speaks to his people today as well. He spoke then, and he speaks now. Amen? Well, I got to tell you before I move on, if I'm walking a little slow, it's because I'm a slightly, a little bit sore from playing some volleyball yesterday, right? We had our, our third annual volleyball tournament. Congratulations to the O'Reilly Desk and uh, Connect group. They, they took the championship yesterday, right? And, <laughs> and uh, we had a good time. We, we enjoy it. Uh, but one of the things I noticed is that good teams, and, uh, you know, my team wasn't the best at this, good teams, they communicate well on the volleyball court, right? Now, we did okay, right, Tim? We did okay, okay? Uh, but, but we could have done better, okay? Good teams communicate well. That way, if the ball's coming toward us, you need to communicate. You got it? No, you got it. No, I got it. I got it. Who's got it? And it just bounces right there, right? You know? And if you don't communicate well, the ball's going to just bounce in between you, and you're going to say, oh, I thought you were going to know. But when you communicate, I got it, or you got it, and you, then you get to hit the ball, and you get to win more games, right? It's just the way it is. Communication makes a big difference when it comes to winning on the volleyball court. Well, likewise, great communication with the Lord will improve your chances in winning in life. When you communicate with the Lord and, and, and you know, say, Lord, I don't want to deal with this, the Lord says, okay, I got it. I got it. I'll take care of it. Okay, you got it? Okay, it's not going to fall apart because when God says, I got it, he's got it. Amen. Good communication with the Lord will make a huge difference. So God speaks. The question is, are we listening? Perhaps we need to turn up the volume of the voice of God. See, if I want to hear from God, I must know what to turn down in my life, volume control, and what to turn up in my life. Definitely, I know what we need to turn, turn, tune up, turn up, right, in the volume. We need to raise the volume of God's voice. I'm not going to hear from God if I'm going to be listening to ungodly music all day long. I'm not, I'm not going to hear from God. It's as simple as that. But on the other hand, if I'm listening to godly music, perhaps worship music that glorifies God, I very well could be listening to the voice of God because much of the godly music, especially the worship music now, is based directly from Scripture, and God speaks through the Word of God, right? I'm not going to be hearing from God if I'm reading the tabloids and gossip magazines. But if I'm reading the Bible, I have a feeling I'm placing myself in a position to hear God's voice. If I want to hear from God, I've got to use wisdom in the music I listen to, the websites I visit, the movies I watch, the reading material I use, and even the people I hang around with because they can either lift you up or bring you down. And when it comes to the voice of God, I got to tell you this right now. You got to turn up the volume. That's what we're going to be talking about right here. And I'm going to use Jesus as an example of how he had an intimate relationship with God the Father and how various occasions he turned up the volume to hear the voice of the Father. Let's follow Jesus' example. First of all, number one, you turn up the volume to the voice of God every time you pray. You turn up the volume of the voice of God every time you pray. Now, I know this sounds real simple, but sometimes we just need to be reminded of that. Scripture in in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, tells us what Jesus did. 
It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very simple. Simon and his companions who went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. What did Jesus do? Scripture is very clear to say that Jesus went off into a solitary place. First of all, why, well, why did he do that? Because he wanted to get alone with the Father. He wanted to turn off the distractions around him and turn on, turn up the volume of the voice of the Father. I mean, no, we, we need to know what to turn down and what to turn up because we all have distractions in our life. We have places to go, people to meet, and things to do, right? And I'm not saying they're wrong, but there are certain times when you, wanna, when you need to hear the voice of God, you got to turn certain things off, let nothing interrupt you. And that's what Jesus did. I'm sure when he went alone to pray here, as we read in Mark chapter 1, I'm sure he didn't take his cell phone with him, left it in the, in, in his, and just went up there, okay, I'm just going to be alone in God, okay? Just I'm going to get alone with God. So first of all, what do you have to do to have daily, consistent prayer time? Uh, well, once again, you've got to be intentional about your, your daily schedule. I love it that the Scripture says, while it was still dark, he went off. In other words, most people were still asleep, so they weren't going to bother him. So he went away, and he began to pray. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. When you get alone with God, it's time to turn off the TV, turn off the radio, turn off your cell phone, and, uh, and just get alone with God. And that way there will be no distractions. One of the things I love that we have here at Fortress Church that we implemented about three years ago is a war room. Perhaps you're familiar with it. Right in the back, it used to be a closet. But we, we converted it to a war What is a war room? Well, Matthew chapter 6, it tells us, get alone into your prayer closet. That's a prayer closet back there. And even now, as we're teaching the Word of God, as we're worshiping, there's somebody right now in the war room who is praying for every single one of us, praying for me as I teach this message, praying for every single one of us that we would listen with an intense ear, praying that the Spirit of God would be manifested in a great way. And, and during the week sometimes, usually sometimes on a Friday, I like to pull away from my busyness in the office and pull away and, and, and just get in the war room and pray. Remove distractions and just focus on my relationship with God. Focus on what God wants me to speak to you as a congregation. I love my Friday times in the war room back there. I, I love it because I know that it's just me and God. And can I tell you something? God does speak to me. God does. It's very rarely does it, is it in an audible voice, but God does speak into my spirit as well. I love our newfound 845 prayer time in the morning. For those of you that may not be familiar with it, every Sunday morning at 845, we meet in the kids' chapel and we pray, we call upon God, we prepare ourselves for the 915 worship, we prepare ourselves for the 11 a.m. worship, and we are believing that God would do a great work right here. We pray for every individual. We say, Lord, you, you know who's going to be coming to church. We're praying that your spirit would draw us to you. And uh, I love those times because we get to get away, turn off the distractions, and focus on God. When I lower the volume of all the distractions around me, I am actually turning up the volume to hear God's voice more clearly. Now, most of us Christ followers are pretty good when it comes to prayer. Uh, the first, I'm going to say the first part of prayer. First part of prayer is the Lord, and we start speaking to God. Most of us are pretty good at that. 
Some of us are pretty good at giving God our big want list. God, I need this. God, I need a raise at work. God, I need this and the other. God, I need you to talk to my mother-in-law. God, I need or whatever it is, your prayer request you need, okay? Maybe I shouldn't have said that, okay? And, uh, and God, I need you to do this, that, and the other. And, uh, and we're pretty good at telling God or asking God what we need. But most of the time, there's many believers that say, okay, God, I'm done. We get up and we walk away. We forget about the very important last part of prayer, and that is listening to God. That is keeping our mouth shut and just listening to see if God impresses something upon our heart. Here's a great prayer lesson. What God has to say is far more important than what you have to say. Just a thought, okay? Jeremiah 33.3 says this, call to me. And I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. How many of you want to know the things of God? You see, when you listen, here's the to another level lesson. Listening to God transforms your prayer from a monologue to a dialogue. You know, when I fell in love with Brenda, I wanted to talk to her for hours and hours on day. I wanted to know all about her, and uh, and I just I, I just love spending time. But one of the things I... I, I just naturally had is I developed a heart for listening. In other words, there were many times when I was talking to her, I just said, okay, Randy, you need to zip it and just listen, okay? <laughs> and that really helps every relationship, by the way, okay? If you just listen. Do I hear an amen? Amen. Okay. Well, good. I'm not the only one who's, you know, and that's the way it is with God. Can I tell you something else? When I fell in love with God, you know what, I want to just, I want to speak to God, but I also want to spend time listening to God. God, I want to hear from you. God, what do you have to say to me? And that's important for me to just not speak, but also to listen. So I've often, and I've taught you this before, three levels of prayer. So how do we turn the volume up when it comes to prayer? So here's prayer volume level one is petition. In other words, that's when we say, God, I need this, and I need that. God, could you help me here? God, could you bless me here? Nothing wrong with that, but there's, that's a certain level of prayer. But if you turn, turn up the volume in the prayer life, we go to level two. And what is level two? Devotion. That's when we, that's when we say, okay, God, I'm not asking you for anything, but, Lord, I will be devoted to you. God, I'm going to commit my life to you. God, I want to serve you. So this second level, as you turn up the volume, is not about God, give me, give me, give me. It's about God, I'm going to give you my heart. God, I'm going to give you my service. That's turning up the volume in your prayer life. But there's still a third volume level that I like to talk about. And third volume level is this, intercession. That, that's all about you standing in the gap for other people. When someone has a need, you are praying for them. How many of you love to pray? Amen. But when we focus our prayer, and we, when we turn up the volume on that prayer life, we begin to be of ministry to other people, and God can meet those needs. But once again, we've got to turn down certain things in our life, the distractions, and turn up the volume. And one of the best ways we can do that is when we pray. Now, I haven't seen the movie The Black Panther. I, I hear good things about it, but... Uh, but there's an actress named Letitia Wright that I ran across this quote this week. She's an actress from this movie. And it caught my attention because this, this, as I was studying about, Lord, how can we turn off certain things in our lives so that we can turn on the, the voice of God? She says this, I needed to take a break from acting 
because I really idolized it. Let me stop right there. She's pretty much saying, I'm turning off and turning down or turning off this my career in acting. Wow, that's a big step. Why? So I came off from it. She turned it off, turned it down. I went on a journey to discover my relationship with God. So what did you? She turned up the volume on her relationship with God, and she says, I became a Christian. It really just gave me much love and light within myself. I felt secure, like I didn't need validation from anyone else or from getting a part. My happiness wasn't dependent on that. It was dependent on my relationship with God. You understand, sometimes we need to take turn certain things off in our life, and then we are able to turn up the volume to the voice of God. Secondly, number two, when you turn up the volume to the voice of God, every you do that every time you live the Word of God. You turn up the volume to the voice of God every time you live the Word of God. And I want to go somewhere with this. We know what the pow- that there's power in the Word of God. We read the Word of God. But my question is, do you live the Word of God? Okay? That's what we're going to talk about. And once again, Jesus is an example of this, Matthew chapter 4. It's another passage that you may be familiar with. It is here that Jesus is, had just completed 40 days of fasting, and then he is tempted by the devil himself. And let's read it, Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. How many know if Jesus was led by the Spirit, we can be led by the Spirit as well, right? Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, some people ask, why in the world would the Holy Spirit lead someone, even Jesus, to the place of being tempted by the devil? Well, I kind of believe because the Holy Spirit knew that the devil was going to be crushed in this whole thing, right? So the devil was, was going to lose in this battle that we're going to read about. But I kind of believe the Holy Spirit led Jesus here because he was setting Jesus up for victory. Kind of like the Holy Spirit does the same for you. If the Holy Spirit leads you somewhere, can I tell you something? He's setting you up for victory. Amen? So it says here, verse 2, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and asked, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now let me stop right there. So I want us to understand, okay, the devil came to tempt Jesus. Now, how many know it's not a sin to be tempted? Okay, all of us face temptation. Now, it's a sin to give in to temptation. How many know there's a difference in that? Jesus was tempted, but he didn't give in. So how did Jesus respond? Once again, Jesus was so in tune with the voice of God, he turned up the volume, and the, the way he overcame the enemy is through God the Father speaking to him through Scripture. So what was Jesus' response? Verse 4, Jesus answered, it is written. I love those words, it is written. Because when we read those words, it is written, you know what it's talking about? It's in the Word, it's in the Bible, it's a promise from God the Father. Jesus claimed that. Jesus was turning up the volume of Scripture so that he could overcome the enemy. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus was quoted from Deuteronomy 8.3. Then came the second part, verse 5. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, throw yourself down. Verse 7, we'll skip to verse 7. Jesus answered him, 
It is also written. What did Jesus do? A second time, Jesus begins to quote Scripture. In other words, he not only would read Scripture, Jesus was living the Scripture. Are you getting the point here? Do not put the Lord your God to the test. He was quoting from Deuteronomy 6.16. Again, verse 8 says, The devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. No way, Jose. huh? Verse 10, Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written. Once again, it is written. Say those three words with me. It is written. When you say that, what you're doing is you're proclaiming the word of God. You're living the word of God. Jesus said, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's from Deuteronomy 6.13. Three times the enemy came to tempt Jesus, and three times Jesus overcame by Scripture because he was turning up the volume to the voice of the Father through Scripture. What was the result? Verse 11 says, the devil left him. And the angels came and attended him. Amen. How many of you would rather have the angels by your side than the devil himself? What do you got to do? Quote that scripture. Live the scripture. All right? It's one thing to read the scripture, but we got to do more than that. So here's a great lesson. God not only speaks to you through the Bible, but he also uses scripture to help you overcome. So how do we apply that to what we're talking about today? Turn up the volume. Okay, when it comes to the Word of God, remember, God speaks to us. The voice of God speaks to us through Scripture. So first of all, I look at it this way. Scripture volume, uh, we've got to turn up the Scripture volume. Level one is this. You hear the Word. You hear the Word. That's what you're doing right now. You're hearing the Word. Amen. That's a great place to, to start, but it's not going to end here, right? So you turn up the volume on Scripture Scripture volume level two is you read the word. You read it for yourself. Amen. How many of you love to read the scripture? That's great. You're turning up the volume, okay? How about level three? Level three is you study the word. You're noticing that volume of God and scripture becomes louder and louder. You study the word. You just you don't just read it. You study it. What is God saying to me through this particular passage? You study it. You get involved in a connect group. You get involved in a Bible study. And that what you're doing, you're studying the Word of God. Why do we have 30-plus 30, 30 connect groups at Fortress Church? Because we want you to study the Word of God. But here's level four that you cannot, cannot forget. What is that? You live the Word. Because it's, it's more than hearing the Word, reading the Word, and then, of course, we've got to study the Word. But don't forget, we've got to live the Word. Because if you get into the Word of God, and you don't do what it says, well, you've got to take it to another level. Let's live out. Let's live out what the Word of God says. Do I hear an amen to that? Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Last of all, number three, you turn up the volume of, God, of the voice of God every time you step into the Father's will. I got to tell you this, I love this part because, not, you know, sometimes we say, okay, the first part is very basic prayer, amen, scripture is number two, but I want you to understand this, when you step into the will of God, when you obey the word of God, what you're doing is you're getting yourself closer to the voice of God, and I want to explain this, first of all, we use Jesus as another example, the Garden of Gethsemane, 
uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, it tells us, you, you probably are familiar with Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before the Roman soldiers take him to be crucified. What does Jesus say? He says, going on a little further, he fell on his face, with his face to the ground, and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So what was Jesus saying? He's saying, Father, once again, he had an intimate relationship with the Father, the kind of relationship that every single one of us should strive for. He had that relationship. He knew what what the Father wanted him to do, but he wanted to say, you know what? I'm going to take this time, and Father, if at all possible, can we do this salvation plan a different way? (laughs) And, of course, he realized, no, the Father was speaking to him. This is exactly what needs to take place. So Jesus says, okay, yet not as I will. In other words, not my will, but, Father, yours be done. But your will be done. And I love that because it came to the point of the more you step into the will of God, the more you hear the voice of God. Perhaps I can put it to you this way. This is a great lesson that I've learned. When God's voice is the loudest voice in your life, you can be sure of what God's will for your life is all about. I'm going to say this again. When God's voice is the loudest voice in your life, then you can be sure of what God's will is for your life all about, what it's all about. I'll use uh, Pastor Matt as an example. He, he uh, two years ago, he gave me a call as he was serving on staff at a church in Houston, serving well. God was using him. And he just said, Dad, I just, I feel God is speaking to me. Voice. How many of you got to be in tune with the voice of God? I believe God wants me to move back to San Antonio. And I said, well, make sure it's God, son. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'll back that up. I'm not going to do anything to, con- to control your life or your decisions. So he said, okay. So two, a little bit less than two years ago, he made his decision and, and moved back to San Antonio. And now he's a blessing to us here at Fortress Church. And, uh, and praise God for that. But once again, we, we have. if you want to know God's will for your life, you got to understand God's voice, hear God's voice. So how do we do that? Three things. The will of God. Now let's take a look at how we can crank up the volume to the will of God. Number one, level one is this. You ask God, God, what do you want for my life? God, what do you want? I, we ask it. Nothing wrong with asking God. God, what is your will for my life? I would venture to say almost everybody in this room today has at one time or another asked God that question. God, what is your will for my life? Great question. You know what that means? It means you want to you follow what God tells you to do. That's a great starting point. Level two, once again, we're going to turn up the volume, is this. Listen to God. Okay, first we ask God, God, what is your will for my life? Next, okay. I'm listening, God. I'm listening. How do we listen? We turn up the volume. We get into the Word. We pray. We listen. God, what is your will for my... We see if the Holy Spirit prompts our heart. Once again, God doesn't always speak in an audible voice, but He, he just gives us a little prompting in our spirit, which most of us know what's all, what that's all about. Okay, God, I want to listen to you. What do you have to speak into my life even now? So we listen to God. But here's another one that sometimes we struggle with. If you crank up the volume even more about the will of God, here's level three, and that's obey God. Uh Uh-oh. It's easy to ask God, what is your will? 
Then we listen, but this is the tough part. If you crank up that volume to level three, obey God. God, I got to do this. God, I got to obey here. Next Sunday, we're going to be blessed by Roxanne Elliott, who's uh, our missionary who left to Thailand. She's taking a few days back in the States, and I asked her to share. So next Sunday, we're and and, you know, I'm, I'm sure, as she's told me before, you know, how do you respond when God says, you're, I'm calling you to be a missionary to the country of Thailand. Oh, wow. But she was willing to do so. She asked God. She listened to God. And now she's obeying God. That is being in the will of God. About 11 years ago, I remember uh, reading uh, in my ministerial um, information a quote from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And what they said and I, I do agree with it. What they said was this. They, they said 80% of the people in the marketplace of any given large city, uh, 80% of those people don't have a pastor that they can relate to. They're not really committed to the church. In other words, they may say, well, I'm a Presbyterian or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Catholic, whatever it is. But they're really not committed. They're just maybe by name. But they're really not committed, and if something were to happen, they don't have the pastor's number to call. Hey, I need some prayer. I need, I need some help. And that saddened me because as that's my calling to be a pastor. I, I, God called me to be a shepherd, and I, I want to minister to the sheep. And if, and if 80% of the people in San Antonio don't have a connection with their spiritual leader, their pastor, it saddened my heart. So I began to pray, Lord, uh, you know, can I do something? You know, what can I do? That's sad in my heart. So many people around us that don't have a, a spiritual covering, don't have someone. They may call themselves by a certain denomination, but they're really not connected. Lord, and I just started praying, God, what can I do? I started, speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Less than two weeks after that prayer, I got a call from AM 1100 KDRY. They said, Pastor Randy, out of the blue, I didn't call them. They called me. They said, would you be interested in having a daily radio program on K-Dry. I said, uh, yeah. And immediately I realized this is an answer to prayer. Okay. That's it. That's it. Because, you know, I was praying about that. I mean, when you pray, God answers, right? So, so, so then I said, well, I said, uh, I, and I believed in a big God and I said, well, I'll, I'll tell you what now between you and I, God had already talked to me about it, but I still had to negotiate. Right. <laughs> and I, and I said, I'll tell you what, I said, if you can give me a drive time slot, then uh, then we will definitely consider it. Now, in radio, drive time slot is 6 to 8 in the morning or 4 to 6 in the afternoon when your radio audience triples, okay? You have three times as many people on the road because they're either going to work or coming home from work, and, and I know that because I've, I've done radio in years past. So I don't want them to give us a program in it to air at 2 in the morning. I mean, who's going to be listening at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? So I was a little bold, and I said, if you give us a drive time uh, slot for 30 minutes, we will consider it. So they hem-hawed around, and I said, oh, they said, okay, 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 we'll give it to you. So the last 11 years, we've had uh, uh, a great radio ministry rising higher, and we've, uh, uh, some of you are even sitting here today because of our radio ministry. And you know what? God uh, has, has, has spoken, spoke to me, and I needed to be receptive to that, but I needed to obey God as well. God speaks to us, and God, he does things that, that are amazing because of that, right? So I, I just had to tell you that story because uh, God has everything. He knows exactly what we need to do and where we need to be. 
Now, I got to tell you this. One of the things I've noticed is that when you're close with someone, could be your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your BFF. If you're close to someone, you know their idiosyncrasies. You know their facial expressions. You know, uh, you know, sometimes they don't even have to say something audible, but they may give you the look. You know what I'm talking about? And you know exactly what they are saying. It, it, it may be called nonverbal communication, right? Anybody have have somebody in your life like that? They just give you the look and, okay, I, I, I got it, I got it. You don't have to say anything. I got it. I got the message. You know, what, how can you're just so close to that person that they didn't even have to speak the words verbally, but they got their message across, right? That's the way we should be with God. God Does God always speak audibly? No, but we should be so close to God that God prompts our spirit, okay, God, I didn't hear your audible voice, but I sense what you're speaking to my heart right now. How do you get there? Because you're close to God. When you get close to God, you, you, you have this, this feeling in your heart that, okay, this is what God would do. This is how God would feel. This is how, what God would say in this particular time. And you, you're so close that you experience, so close to God that you kind of even experience his glory. Ravi Zacharias says this, where the glory of God dwells, the voice of God is heard. I love that. Where the glory of God dwells, there the voice of God is heard. Over the years, there's been many times I've, I've asked God, God, would you just shout out your will for me? God, I need to make a decision, and I want to know your will. I want to do what you want me to do. Would you just shout it out, Lord? Or maybe you can send an airplane with a banner that has Randy Garcia. This is my will for your life. Wouldn't that be cool, right? But how many know God doesn't work that way? And oftentimes when I ask, the God, God, ask God that question, God, would you just shout out your will? Would you reveal to me? Would you send me an email, God? Would you do something so that I can know what your will for my life is all about? And oftentimes God just says, I'm just going to whisper into your ear. And I said, God, can you shout it out? No, no, I'm going to whisper to your ear. And oftentimes I said, God, why do you just want to whisper? And I realized whenever somebody's whispering, First of all, number one, you got to turn off all the other noise distractions. And then what do you do? Somebody's speaking, somebody's whispering, you draw closer, right? You go like this so that you can hear them. I kind of felt God was saying, Randy, I want you to turn off those distractions. And I want you to come close to me so that you can hear my whisper. Sometimes God doesn't shout because he wants you to get closer to him so that you could hear his voice. Reminds me of a story of little Angelica. She was deaf in her left ear. And throughout her young life, she had heard internal voices, things like, oh, you'll never make it in life. You can't get over this deformity. All your friends are making fun of you. You'll never hear right. You'll never make it in life. You can never overcome this. And those are the words actually from the enemy that were, would be haunting this little girl. One particular day at school, the teacher says, we're going to play a game. It's called the whisper game. 
Some people call it the listening game. So the teacher said, okay, one by one, all you students are going to come by here, and, and, and I want you to bring a piece of paper, and I'm going to whisper something in your ear, and your, your role, your response is write it down on this piece of paper. Well, and Angelica was, oh, that's terrible because what happens if she speaks into my, my, my left ear? Her left ear was the one who was, uh, that was deaf. And she was nervous. She was twitching. One by one, students went up there. Finally, they called her name, and she went up to stand next to the teacher. And the teacher knew about her deafness in her left ear. She kind of uh, twisted around so that, so that the teacher can speak in her right ear. And the teacher leaned over and whispered these words, God loves you, and so do I. I wish you were my daughter because God has some great plans for you and your future. You are an overcomer. Those whispering words changed this little girl's life. And from that day forward, she knew that she was an overcomer because she got near to her teacher and heard her whisper, and heard those words of life. My friend, today, God is speaking to you. His voice is coming out, and he's whispering these words, and he's saying, my son, my daughter, could you draw closer? Could you pull your ear close to mine? Because I want to share some things, some words that can change your life and change your eternity. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I extend my grace to you and how I want you to be mine for eternity. Would you come near? Would you come near? Church, would you stand with me right now? We're going to take some time here at these altars to respond to the word of God. We're going to take some time to pray and we're going to take some time to listen. Because listening is a vital part of prayer. In just a few minutes, our prayer, If you, I'm going to pray this way in four, in four ways. Maybe you want to join with me. I'm going to pray, number one, Lord God, would you help me identify the spiritual distractions in my life, especially when I'm spending time in your presence. I'm going to pray, number two, Lord God, help me improve on the skill of listening, especially when it comes to listening to you. Number three, I'm going to say, Lord God, as a warrior of the word, I purpose to not just read the word, but live the word. And number four, I'm going to pray, Lord God, I purpose to make your voice the loudest voice in my life. Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And can we just take a few moments in response to the word of God today? First and foremost, I ask you the question, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? If for some reason your life were to end today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that you would be in the presence of God in heaven? So many times people say, oh, yeah, I'll be in heaven because I'm a good person. It's not what the Bible says. Praise God if you're a good person. That's great. I commend you for that. But that's not going to get you to heaven. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. And if you don't have it, you're not going to heaven. It's as simple as that. And there's some of you that have doubt, but today you can settle that issue before you leave this building. It's all about God. If you are ready to surrender your life to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, would you lift up your hand right now? 
and just just lift it up and say, "That's me." And we're not going to embarrass you. We're going to we're going to encourage you, because that indeed would be the best decision you could ever make. Others of you, maybe you have been listening to the voice of the enemy. Maybe maybe the voice of the enemy has been saying negative things that you you'll never be an overcomer. You can't overcome this particular issue in your life. But today I tell you what God's word says. I want you to turn up the volume to the voice of God and say, I want you to hear these words. God is saying, I love you. I love you, and I want you to be my child for, the, for eternity. We're going to open up these altars. Some of you need to hear the voice of God. Maybe you're going through a, a difficult time. Maybe you've got a decision to make. Let's listen to the voice of God. Maybe you need to confess sins. Let's listen to the voice of God. Maybe you've got a relationship that has gone high, uh, haywire. Let's listen to the voice of God. Maybe you, maybe you just need to rearrange the priorities in your life. Let's listen to the voice of God. There are prayer partners here to my right and to my left. We would love the privilege of praying with you and praying over you. We'd love to do that. If perhaps you want to get alone with God, you can do so here at these altars. But for the next few minutes, we're going to pray and we're going to listen to God because he's going to speak to every single one of us. The only problem is, are you listening? I invite you to come.